It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Hey, here we go. Here we go. The Browns will have Grant Delpit back. Maybe for Saturday's playoff game for Houston. Uh, let's jump right into that. How big is that for the Browns if he's able to suit up and go? Hey, the guys who have filled in have done a very good job, but Grant Delpit is the starter for a reason, yeah. right? So, listen, in the playoffs, you want as many of your good players as you can possibly have. Obviously, there's you know there's other injured players you'd, you'd want more. We talked about this yesterday. But certainly, if he can come back, and for, technically, I know some people are asking about this, he hasn't been activated from the IR yet. He's been designated to return from the IR. What that means is he can now practice with the team, but the reason they haven't activated him officially yet is they don't know if he's going to be able to play this week, and if he's not going to be able to play, you don't want to activate him because if you activate him, you have to cut someone else. Yeah, it's, so there is a, a distinction there. Yes. It's a smart move by the Browns. Yeah. It's the only move, really. Yeah, I, you know, I'm glad to see him um, back in the fold. Uh, that's what we were hoping to get. You know, if you get to a situation where you can rest your guys, um, so you got Obo Akaranko is is back. It looks like you can possibly get Grant Delpit back, um, and uh, Elijah we, Moore. Elijah Moore uh, got back, and you're looking to possibly see if a uh, Juan Thornhill um, can uh, you know shake the calf injury and him come back. And it would be the first time we've seen in a while, um, pretty close to to the starting. You know, defense being back intact. Obviously, yeah. Anthony Walker going on IR, IR, but and Hurst. I mean, those are the only two yeah. guys yeah. that played a lot that are that are out. Still and the, the timing defense. is great. I mean, yeah. as much as we bemoaned all the injuries and rightfully so during the yeah. regular season, the hope was all along. Let's get these guys healthy and ready for the real season. Yeah. And it yeah. looks like they're getting as close to that as they have been at any point in in recent memory. Anyhow, um, my, I have one question for you guys: Can Grant Delpit kick? Yeah. Um, uh, well, my goodness. Um, yeah, we'll get. Nah, yeah, I, don't I mean, know. we're going to talk about that yeah. in just a minute. But it doesn't sound like it's good news on no. that front for the Browns. No, Kevin Stefanski said yesterday he is very unlikely to play. Yeah. I mean, he would now. And what makes me nervous is even if they win, the fact that he's basically ruled them out on a Tuesday yeah. makes me worried that he won't even be ready next week. I thought it was premature, and maybe it's gamesmanship. I mean, I don't know what yeah. they would have to gain by making Houston think we're not going to have our kicker. But I, I, I just felt it was odd for an yeah. injury like this that is we know is week to week that on Tuesday you're right. already ruling him out five right, days right. in advance. We'll, we'll dive into the kicker in one sec, but I do have a question about Delpit. So he's designated to return. Let's say in a hypothetical world he is healthy and able to go on Saturday. Yeah. I'm assuming he takes one of the starting spots at safety. Who else would you start alongside Delpit at the other safety spot? Well, Thornhill's healthy, right? Well, he missed he practice yesterday. You know, he's been and The expectation is he will be – Good I mean, go. if he played, if, if they're both ready to go, I assume they'll both start. And Ronnie Hickman will be That's rotated I in. Now, I mean, neither one of those guys is going to be 100%. Right. Usually a safety is going to play almost every play. But I would think they would still at least Ronnie Hickman get in the mix a little bit. Don't yeah, you I, think, I think Hickman might be the first guy off the, um, first guy off the bench. Uh, but here's another thing, too. Um, 
you know, you look at Hickman and you look at uh, D'Anthony Bell, those are two of your special teams guys, right? So yeah. now those guys can really concentrate if they're not going to play. They could be they could be all out on special teams, and they, you're not going to worry about those guys getting gas or whatever. But they'll rotate in. They'll they'll get they'll get some um, you know get some snaps because at the end of the day, you got a groin injury and a calf injury. You're not going to be playing every snap on a groin and a calf, especially right. with yeah. your first game back. They'll rotate in and um, they'll, they'll pick their spots. Yeah. And I would expect that they, they would use Delpit more on rundowns as well because you want him to be up in the box. It's quicker for him to attack than backpedal and have to cover people. Yeah, and I think the, the, the reason for optimism if you're the Browns is if you have to go too deep at safety on the rotation, I think we all feel pretty good about that based oh, yeah. on how they play. Yeah, I mean, listen. It's not like they're time, exposing a huge weakness. We could complain about the injuries on offense <clears throat> plenty. The, the sure. offense is missing a lot of guys. Yeah. Defensively, every team's got some injuries. It's January. At this point of the year, if the only guys the Browns are missing are Hurst and Walker, they're in great shape on defense. And that's important because that is the strength of this team. Yeah. As great as Joe Flacco has played, as much as the offense has been better, the strength of this team remains the defense. And that is, they need that unit to be healthy. And right now, they're getting very healthy. A couple other guys who didn't practice guys yesterday. We don't want to panic about it. It's early in the week. Right. It's more like walkthrough. At running back, both Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong (laughs) didn't practice. For Kareem Hunt, it's probably no big deal. He's been basically hurt all year and fighting through it. We know he's tough. Giving him time off is what you're doing. The interesting one is Strong because you say, well, he's the third running back, but. You want to have three running backs. You'll need them. You know, they could they could call up John Kelly from the practice squad. He's been around. He's you know, he seems to have a big game every preseason every year. Or they could sign somebody else. Wouldn't shock me if they signed somebody else today cuz you know, Pierre Strong hurt his back. He got carted off. Hopefully, I mean, I like the guy. I keep wanting him to play. But if he doesn't practice today, you would think that either Kelly gets bumped up from the practice squad or they sign somebody because you, you don't want to have just two running backs. No, you'll need three. I think you'll need three. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you'd think that they're going to be more pass heavy than run heavy. Right. But still still like to have three going in. Uh, Our first hello and good morning of the day to Mikey McNuggets. Hey, bud. What's up, guys? It is becoming playoff time. It is so close. I could smell it. I cannot wait for this to happen. And if you have a second, make sure y'all hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, because the UCSS fans are the best. Hold on, Mike. It is undisputed. Undisputed. What's going on over by the by the door? Something's construction happening whenever uh, no, we'll just keep talking just here while Anthony like sends him out here. What there we go. This is for you, G. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> it's the Kool-Aid man! Hey, what's up, bro? I didn't know you was coming in town. You didn't even holler at me, bro. I heard your boy. Hey, man, I, I thought, listen, I thought I thought we was going to be able to surprise him. <laughs> but listen, your mom's good. Everybody good? Yes, what's up, bro? That's what's up. Hey, you knew about this? Hey, listen. No, he did not. No, but this is my man's, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Listen, come over here. Give me some dap, dog. Come over here. Give me some dap. Ah, uh, uh, yes, sir. Yes, oh sir. The Kool-Aid is alive and well, man. Listen, I'll tell you what, man. He came in town just for this Texans game. That's wow. right. Kool-Aid is in full effect. Shouldn't he be in Houston? Uh, No. He's going to Houston. He's, he's going to. You got yeah. your tickets already? 
After yeah. the first Browns yep, touchdown, yep, yep, yep. you're going to see a big red object <laughs> jump the stands I'm trying and to run onto the there, field. I can't see it. <laughs> now, you don't know who it is. Hey, listen, we're, we're ready to go, man. Listen, this is going to be great. Now, listen, I'll tell you what. Now, you 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 get the first-class tickets, bro. We need the extra room space. He needs two seats. Extra leg space I right think, there. You know, he's fatter than me. I don't want to get stuck on the plane he's, next to him. He's, no, he's just top-heavy. Uh, he's just top-heavy. <laughs> What they do is they, they deflate him for the flight. It's not pretty. <laughs> hey, man. Very well, saggy. You can only it's break not a good four luck. fluid ounces on a plane, so I think the Kool-Aid man might be taking a bus down to Houston. He's got to fly in a cargo bin. Hey, man, shout out to you, man. Hey, text me, man. Stop playing around. Text me. We'll link up, get some food later, all right? Mike, do you want to explain this, this, uh, this gag? Mike? Yeah, this is, uh, this is Super Fan Butters. Oh, that was the lie about the concussion? How about, How about the construction? The construction, yeah. yeah that, that, that was just to get butters in here. I had to carry it out. I had to carry it out upon Oh, you entrance. knew about it. Oh, I knew about it. Oh, it's oh, butters. That's, that's fire. Yeah, butters. That's fire. That's fire, Jay. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So I should have known it was butters. He was sitting here before and he left. <laughs> Where'd he go? Backstory, then we'll he jump turned into, into Kool-Aid. The, uh, we'll butters. jump into the actual show, but butters... Uh, bought us the Kool Aid that we put out. Right, he bought the costume when, like after the after the San Francisco, San Francisco game. Win. He called me and goes, "I just bought a seven foot tall Kool Aid suit." <laughs> Yo, well done, Butters. Playoffs, Good job, Butters. Can I run through a wall? <laughs> and I was like, "Of course." But That's... then they, they clinched the playoff spot on a Thursday, which meant we couldn't do it on the Friday because we yeah. were way too busy. And then Monday after the Bengals oh, game, it felt too somber, Yo. so we waited for G to be back. Yo. We waited for today, and I thought we executed pretty. Uh, Pretty flawless. Listen, today. this is this is fire. Now I'm ready. I'm definitely ready to go now. Yeah. If you didn't already have the Kool-Aid, ready to have the Kool-Aid fever coursing in your veins. Yeah, come on, man. It's, hey, listen, you can <laughs> you can take it out of my veins and put it right in the cup. It's ready to drink. <laughs> that is awesome. Butters, well played, man. Really well played. Big Dude, fan you, of the shell. Uh, it was yeah. his idea. He kind of coordinated it with Mike. Mike called me this morning to tell me what we were doing. It's crazy. I, I love I love the fact that the ruse was. They're going to be doing construction in the parking garage, so we had to put something up that would keep the reflection from coming in. Why is it a brick wall? <laughs> it was. I was like, that, I, I they was didn't totally it, suckered by it. Yeah, you y'all got me. I, no, I said well, to Mike, I said yo. to Mike, are we going to be able to get our cars in the garage? <laughs> <laughs> no, Kool Aid's going to block the gate. <laughs> oh, that, well, was, that perfect. was fun. Well, jo- well done, guys. That well was perfect. Done. Yeah, really good job. All right, well, let's hop into our first topics, but. Now, the real stuff, no more gags. Oh, my God. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. There is no doubt about it. And if you want to get in on the playoff action with FanDuel, you can still because it is America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose, the app is easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including... Live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. We're starting with the Dustin Hopkins situation. though. You guys alluded to it a second ago, but on a scale of 1 to 10, it's a 2.5-point spread according to FanDuel. The starting kicker for the Browns may be out. How much of a concern is that to you guys, Bull? You want to start? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. On a scale of 1 to 10... Said you want to <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty big deal. I, I, this is an eight on the concern level. I'm with you. I think um, it is too. People are kind of brushing this off. They were yesterday in the newsroom. They're like, hey, we got another kicker. It's not like we don't have another, another kicker. kicker. We don't have that kicker. Now, the only thing is, we don't know. Maybe Riley Patterson in the big spot will come through. Maybe he will. He, but I, with someone Dustin, told me yesterday he's three for three with playoff kicks. Right. That is accurate. With Jackson. Okay. With Jackson. Yeah, we like that. Year. I mean. But here's the thing. Think about Kevin Stefanski, guys. We know Kevin Stefanski is an extremely aggressive coach. He likes to go for it on fourth down. He likes to blow off punts. He He's very ultra aggressive, right? We'd agree on that? Yeah. Well, there were times this year where, and part of the reason he's a, a factor in that aggressiveness, obviously there's a lot of factors. But one of the factors in his aggressiveness is, until this year, the Browns have had crappy kickers yep. that he didn't trust. So you're more likely to go for it. Right. Um, or, 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 yeah. Now, if, if he grew to trust Dustin Hopkins, you don't, you don't develop that trust in one week. Sure. You develop it over time. By the middle, late of the year, he completely trusted Dustin Hopkins to the point where he'd let him attempt almost any kick, right? Yeah. Close to 60 yards. Yeah. I mean, I think he made a 58-yard or 59-yard or something 58 like that. 58 against Indy. How long was it? 58 He had three over yards. 50 at any. Okay. Like, now think about what you're playing. You're playing in Houston. It's, right. it's climate control, yep. right? That's a stadium where, hey, it's halftime. I, I could try a 59-yard field goal. If he has Dustin Hopkins, he's going to try that 59-yard field will. goal. He will. Yeah. With this guy, there's no chance he's going to do that. Nope. I mean, you may have a, you may be in a situation where you have no choice but to try. But if there's an option, that's he's game ending. Take the other At option. the end of the half, no, because you don't want to risk a return. Right. That, you well, know, when you're kicking from that distance, that's a returnable kick. And that and so ultimately, <laughs> yes, that could make a difference. Now, if Riley Patterson makes his kicks, it's fine. But just going into the game, and maybe ultimately it helps the Browns to be more aggressive in this game. We'll never, we won't know until the game is played. But to at least a small degree. This change in kicker not only affects the confidence we have in the Browns kicking game, but it will, to, at least to a sm- small degree, cha- potentially change how Kevin Stefanski coaches this game. I would agree with that. Can we put his Riley Patterson's stats up again? That, that said that those were his 2023 stats. Yes, that's correct. He kicked that many extra points? Detroit scored a lot of points. He was playing well, for the Lions for most of the year. When I, I'm looking at that. Why was he cut? So here's what happened. Yeah, Bull, explain it. So, hell, the guy's just as good as our guy. Right. Now, he didn't attempt a lot of field goals. Our guy, I mean, extra points and field goals, big difference. Well, because they were scoring touchdowns. How many field goals did he attempt? Uh, Over 50 yards, Mike. Uh, Let me pull up one sec. So, here's what happened. I I read this. So, the Lions, for the last six weeks that he was kicking for them, in practice... They would have a competition because they had a – I can't think of who the kicker was. A Michael kicker Badgley. on their practice squad. They had a kicker on their practice squad. Right. Michael, another Michael veteran Badgley. guy. I can't right. think of his name. Michael Badgley. Michael Badgley, who used to be on the Chargers. Right. So, for the last <laughs> six weeks – this is according to their coaching staff. The last six weeks that Riley Patterson was there, in practice, Badgley was consistently out-kicking him in practice. And eventually, even though 
he didn't really do anything to lose the job because he didn't miss a lot of kicks. No. Eventually, they felt like knowing they were going to playoffs that they trusted Badgley. Wow, what a gutsy More than move. Patterson. I mean, that's almost unprecedented. Right, it wasn't you, like he was... You released a kicker who's got Pro Bowl stats. Well, I don't I mean, not, I, What's wrong with that? Put the stat line up again. It's just not enough field goals. He's yeah, missed, so he... Out of 68 kicks, he's, he's missed, missed five? five? Yeah, but I don't... You can't... Like, you, how, what's... Show our kit, our so, stats. So I know the long ones make a together. difference. Yeah. I know the long ones make a difference, but if you put the stats side by side... Now, you say we tried a lot fewer field goals. Yeah. Because Detroit scores touchdowns. I know, but... I think... I, here's, 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 you know, G, G, quick, an extra point is a gimme. It is, but, I mean, he was 16 of 18. It's not like the guy was... Yeah, but missing many, one kick he was after only, another. He was only one for two on kick. So they obviously didn't trust him on 50-yard wow. field goals. I, you know what? It's one of those moves that if you're a Lions fan, you better hope you don't lose a playoff game on a late kick. Because that's a question mark to me. I just don't know. I, it, usually there's glaring evidence to cut yeah. a kicker. We had it. We, we saw it in real time. It seems clear they didn't trust him to make 50-yard well, kicks. Well, look, they, they have more input than we do, yeah. or if, intel. They, they see him every day in practice. If but we watched every single kick from him for the Lions, we just went on YouTube and it was like, here's his kicks. And you watch his kicks, you'd be like, oh, okay, I saw you make them. That's Put him in the game. That's what you're supposed Our to do. Our guy went kicks. one for one for over 50 yards, Mike. Dustin Hopkins is eight for eight. He didn't right, miss. He's eight for eight. That guy's one for two. Most kickers are going to make kicks under 50 yards. Look, I, prior, prior to us getting I, I only really care. Prior to us getting Hopkins, I hear you, but he wasn't making 50 yards either. We could talk ourselves into anything. He was 50%. Do you trust, <laughs> yeah. do you trust Riley Patterson as much as you trust him? You know what? After seeing those stats, I trust him more now than I did. I, I, perfectly honest. Oh. In all transparency. I, I, uh, I, I, typically, I, when a kicker is picked up off the junk heap, there's a reason he was there. I don't know that I can ever remember an instance where a kicker was cut mid-season without missing a plethora of kicks. It, I mean, we've seen it a million times. Yeah, I hear you. Guys I mean, get you know in the rut where they just can't make. All by talking about kickers, the Dallas kicker who hadn't missed a kick in his career missed two in his last game. Sounds like what happened to them. Uh, Hope they don't two cut them. It, this is like playing blackjack at the casino. <laughs> Listen, you, you just got to hope for that if you play the optimum strategy, yeah. that they'll hit a certain amount of field goals. For me, it may change your strategy. Um, but it, it's one of those things where if you're a coach, you go to your offense, and this is the good thing about having veterans, right? You go you go to Flacco and say, all right, listen, we got a kicker we don't know much about. Here's what we want to do. In certain downs and distance, we're going to be more aggressive. There's going to be times where I'm going to call a third down play, and that third down play is going to be – put in so that we could get a certain amount of yards, maybe four or five yards, so we could go for it on fourth down. Right. And if the kicker's going to be auditioning in real time in the game. So the confidence meter isn't about what he did before. It's the confidence meter what he did today. Yeah. So if he misses a, a chip well, shot. Well, he's missed already. Well, he did miss, yeah. but he bounced yeah. back very well in that game after his first miss. If he misses a chip shot, then I might have to be like, okay, we, we, we might be going forward on short, your short yardage. It definitely changes Kevin Stefanski's mindset, to, to Bull's point. There's certain times you're going to go for it if you don't feel your kicker has the leg, and there's certain times you're going to kick if you feel that your kicker's going to be good from inside of 58 yards. And generally speaking, I'm, uh, I'm for the way my playoff mindset works. I'm for more aggressive. Uh, I, I, you know, when you're playing against these teams, everybody has a quarterback, right? All of them. Yeah. So if you're up 14 points, you're up 10 points. 
That ain't no big. That ain't no big lead. You got to be aggressive. You yeah. have to be. You got to finish games. And gee, wouldn't you agree? It's easier to be aggressive with the defense that Kevin Stefanski has. Yep. You know, I I'm okay going with it. Yep. Typically, I am a field position guy. Mm-hmm. Typically. Yeah. But yeah. there's so many things that you, you can't just say, "Oh, you're at the 43. You got to go for it. Got you have to go. Got to go." No, there's so many factors. What kind of game is it? Mm-hmm. What kind of game do you expect it to be? Is three po- Is it going to be a low-scoring game where three points will win it or lose it? Right. So all of that factors in. There is. The, I, I, it drives me nuts when Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football constantly says, the ESPN analytics say you've got to go for it. The, what the analytics don't tell you are the things we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's got to be analytic and situational driven. And when you marry those, and by the way, I think Kevin Stefanski does as good a job at that as anybody. He does a really good job of marrying the situation with the analytics, and I love the way he uses all of that. But I do expect him, to your point, to be aggressive in this game. Got to. Got to be aggressive. And, and, you know, like this is a game where I much prefer guys yeah. get out to a, a quick start and put teams behind the eight ball, right. 17, 20 points, uh, because then it changes the way they think about the game too. So right. I'm, I'm all for being more aggressive. Listen, uh, Riley Patterson, you know how many field goal attempts he has of more than 39 yards this season? No. Four. I can't, yeah, but I, I, you know, maybe situationally they just weren't set up to kick a lot. You know? They didn't trust him. I mean, that seems They clearly obvious. didn't. They cut him. I mean, they, they, they didn't trust him, he's, and they cut him. three of four. He went three for four on kicks over <laughs> 39 yards. Dustin Hopkins is, hit, is 22 of 25 in kicks over 39 yards. I mean, there's no way you're going to – there's no apples to apples here because he made a bunch of extra points. What were the touchdowns for each team? Detroit scored a lot more touchdowns. I would guess double-digit more touchdowns. Than right. I'll look into that, but I was looking at his numbers from Jacksonville last year. He was Jacksonville's full-time he kicker. And he was also – he kicked in Detroit first, by the way, for seven And games. then Jacksonville. Then Jacksonville back and right. when he's been in Detroit, yeah. he's never been the, the kicker. Which, by the on, way, yeah. there's no easier place to kick than Detroit. Yeah. And, His and, numbers no. in Jacksonville – and the only reason I look at this is I was like, oh, he must have a, a bad year. And they moved on because he, he was 30 for 35 and 36 at 37 from extra points in Jacksonville. So you keep bringing like up the extra points as if what that's – What about field goals? Everybody's about 35 and 36. Say it again, Bulls. Everybody, you keep bringing who extra cares points. About the extra are, points? Are, everybody I, I makes their extra points. Yeah, yeah, it's not like he but, has. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! What you mean? Everybody make stats? extra points. Yeah, not everybody. <laughs> what were his field goal stats, and and what was his range in Jacksonville? In Jacksonville, he was eight of eight within thirty, ten of eleven from thirty to thirty-nine, ten of thirteen from forty to forty-nine, of two and three for fifty. Fifty-three okay, that's, is the longest kick. That's not bad. Which is which is why if I you're sixty-seven percent from, I know it's very small sample size, but. You Which know. is why I was surprised Jacksonville was just okay moving on. Yeah, there must be like something. Now, he doesn't be something have, going on it's there. It's clear. He doesn't have a good long leg. Detroit never let him kick kickoffs. They had their punter doing kickoffs. Probably because he, he couldn't reach the goal line. He doesn't have a long leg. And and yeah. you're not trying 50-yard field goals with this well, guy. Well, gonna gonna no he's going to have to do kickoffs for us. Right. So he, did, he, he has. That might be a factor in the game. And he did it for Jacksonville, too. How many, how many times he did he Detroit. reach the end zone during his kickoffs? How many were touchbacks? Oh. All I, I know is I don't trust this guy over over fifty. Certainly not over fifty. Yards. I trust him a lot more than I did before I knew those numbers. I didn't look back. But and you see can't what trust him over fifty. Because, I don't. Yeah. I don't. And but that's trust, where it matters. But you know, forty-two yard field goal. I'm not going to be Cade York edge of my seat. What what um what were the percentage of his kickoffs that went for touchbacks? Do we know I, that? I got to go. That's in a whole different. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll find it for you by the end of the show. Yeah. It, I, it, it, the evidence is. 
pointing towards the fact that he doesn't have a big leg on kickoff. Yeah. Probably he, doesn't have on, on yeah. field goals either. He's a serviceable guy. We're we going to yeah. depend on him. Hopefully. To do I mean, hell, job. I know that Houston didn't have C.J. Stroud, but we beat Houston at Houston without a kicker. I mean, we've been playing with backups. Literally no kicker. We've been that's playing, punter. that's kicker. a pretty big we, Well, we, I know C.J. Stroud yeah. wasn't there, but. We've been playing with backups all year. There's another backup plan. Get your job done. Well, gee, that's yeah. a great segue to our next topic, which before we get to, I want one more quick read from FanDuel. But the NFL season may be wrapping up. There's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose, the app is easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. There's new bets in the Explorer tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub which is the best and easiest way to find popular parlays and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. G, you mentioned the injuries. At this point, do you consider the Browns to be playing with house money because of the number of injuries they've overcome or because the AFC is completely up in the air, topsy-turvy, they have a hot quarterback, the number one defense, they have veterans playing towards the end of the contract? Do you look at this – Playoff run is potentially the best chance for the Browns to win a Super Bowl in their current championship window. Uh, yes, um, I think the, that the Browns had an opportunity. You wait, you look at everything, every the way everything fell. Take a look at a lot of injuries around the league. They got into the playoffs. They're a fifth seed, and they get Joe Flacco, who's a guy who has some experience. He has an arm. He's hot right now. You look at it having the best defense in the league. You got a pass rusher. You got the best corners that I think are moving out there right now. So your defense is built to stop people. And on top of that, you look at the way you got to your draw. Like um, the Browns have beaten most multiple teams that are, are top teams in the NFL right now. And you look at around the league, Patrick Mahomes has not been playing like Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Josh Allen's in the Bills. They kind of backed their way into a two seed. But they, I haven't, they're not really, they haven't really been playing like a normal two seed and, and dominating people and getting there. They've been really hot lately. Well, you they, can't they say they backed their way in. Yeah, no, they, I thought, th I think they kicked the door they down. They played great down seed. the stretch. Yeah. They played poorly early in the season. Well, right. well, here, Philadelphia backed their way yes. into a playoff spot. Yeah. So if you look at it, one team started off hot. And, and fell off, and then other teams started off a little slow. But I, I don't think they, they – I would say not back the way in. They haven't been consistent all year. It wasn't a typical yeah, Bills consistent, season. It wasn't a consistent season where they've had relatively good play on both sides right. of the football throughout. Right. Um, you look at the Miami Dolphins, they've been hit with injuries. Um, and even the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're kind of like, okay, that's not a typical Steelers team. I look at it from the roster makeup and the standpoint – that this year is the best year to catch people slipping. Right now, if I look at an AFC, there's no dominant team. Um, and the team that is the best team, the Ravens, you've beat before. And it's in a division from your opponent. So I think this year, by far, is one of the best years that the ball has bounced in the way it fell, I, that they, they get an opportunity. So I, maybe I misread the question. Are, are we projecting forward? Like this is the best year right now for our champion because the way it was written it made me think that like yeah. you were kind of saying that a lot of these elements are going to fall off next year or could yeah I mean we don't know what's yeah. going to happen with Amari Cooper they'll likely restructure we don't yeah. know what's going to happen with Nick Chubb so uh, maybe I misread the question I, I thought we I thought you were saying we better do it now because this will be easier this year than well yeah that's years. what he's asking are you do you feel that way okay so yeah when you okay I, I, I guess he, the I guess the way and maybe I worded it wrong, but 
considering how everything is lined up, you have a red-hot quarterback, a great defense. Yeah, you better AFC win it now. Is that, is that what you're saying? Do you feel saying? like this could be, and it's an impossible question to answer because we don't know what's going to happen next year. We don't. Year, but because of how the stars have aligned here. I see. Do you feel like this could be yeah. the Browns' best chance in whatever ho- their championship window is? I hope not is? because if this is, that means the window's closing. And I think the window typically doesn't stay open very long. Uh, it just depends on, you know, a lot of different circumstances with – player salaries and your quarterback situation and how much he's making and how long you have him under contract for. My hope is that the window is now at its peak. Um, we felt like in the past few years that our window of opportunity was opening. I would like to think now that it's at its peak, but I would like to think that we could maintain that for at least another year and maybe two. And uh, the biggest part of this equation is what is Deshaun Watson going to be? You know, if Deshaun Watson plays up to his contract, then absolutely not this isn't our best year because Deshaun Watson, I'm told, has elite ability and can play at the level that can bring a championship to town. So it better not be our best chance and the window better not be closing. If so, the Haslams wasted a whole lot of money and a lot of draft picks for nothing. I, I look at it as a standpoint, not, not just on their roster, Look at the breaks they got. So, you know, uh, just in the division, Joe Burrow didn't play the whole year. Right. So that's a team that's a contender that just got wiped out. Right. Aaron Rodgers didn't play the whole year. We assume Aaron Rodgers can still play football. Jets, whole season finished. So there's a lot of teams, you know, Justin Herbert had a horrible coach. <laughs> next, he's th- you know he's going to still, still throw for 4,000. So next year, that team may be better sure. than they are. Sure. So I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Pittsburgh don't have a quarterback. So, you know, those teams can get can figure it out kind of quickly. And next year, the Bengals will be the Bengals, and it'll be – and by the way, they won nine, what, eight, nine games this year? Yeah. So if you're in the toughest division. you got a whole bunch of people coming back next year that you still have – So you're not necessarily looking at it from the Brown standpoint. Yeah. You're looking at it – from the macro oh, and yeah. just the environment oh, that d- is the AFC d- right now. Even if you say, I would agree with that. Yeah, even yeah, if yeah. you say that the Browns will be at the same level next year. Everybody else is coming team, up. Not, yeah. Maybe not everybody, but, but you some of the ass- downtroddens. Right, though. you would assume at least that the Jets, Kansas City, and the Bengals will all be better next year. Yes. Now, they may not be, but you would assume and, they and will to, all be. I think to G's point, the Chargers will too. I mean, we saw True. what Harbaugh was able to do with an NFL-style offense in San Francisco. He took that team to the Super Bowl. He's got a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I think the big if they get Harbaugh, right. I think the Chargers might be the team that makes the biggest jump next year. And what if Pittsburgh gets Russell Wilson? I know Russell Wilson's not great, but he's certainly better than what they got. What if they got Justin Fields? Again, better than what they got. So the Pittsburgh could be better too. Yeah. I agree. Uh, listen, I hope that a year from now, we're laughing at the fact that maybe this was their best chance to win. I, I hope so okay? too. But when you're when the 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 best part of your team is your defense, mm-hmm. that's harder to predict from year to year. It is. Yes. Because yeah. there's more guys that have to play well. When the most important part of your team is the quarterback, there's generally, unless he gets hurt, less margin for error. You right. know that like even this is a bad year for Kansas City. They're still the three seed. Yeah. And it's a bad year. You know, Patrick Mahomes. Bad, it feels like he had a bad season. He still made the Pro Bowl. Now, you and I may agree that he doesn't belong in the Pro yeah, Bowl. Yeah, he doesn't. But he's close enough sure. that he's not, like, down the tubes. Right. So, that's the thing. If the Bra- the big unknown is Deshaun Watson. Right. right? That's it. He's the When X-Factor. the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, I was very excited because I was like, 
the Browns finally have a premier quarterback. But he clearly hasn't played at that level with any consistency for two years. If he does, then this is not the best chance, potentially. Right. If he doesn't, then yes. Because, which is so funny because the reality is that what's, what's funny is when Deshaun Watson got hurt, we convinced ourselves the season wasn't over. And it turned out we were right. The season's not over. Right. But we're only right because of Joe Flacco. That's the reality. 1,000%. Because if they yeah. had just gone PJ with PJ and DTR, no. the Browns weren't going anywhere. No. And that's they may have still made the playoffs, right. but they were, we weren't going to be talking. We're talking about them as a legit Super Bowl contender. We all believe that. I, I can't imagine that if DTR or P.J. Walker were the quarterback <laughs> right now, that I'd truly believe Unless that. DTR showed such no. rapid Way, acceleration. Huge huge and I, by the way, I do think he was showing maturation. Yeah, but not like this. But, I mean, you know. To the, to the level that Joe Flacco has played, yeah. you're absolutely right. And, yeah. I again, I mean, I, it's so funny how even when he's not in the conversation, he's in the conversation, Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah. Because you cannot project this team's future without trying to figure out what you're going to get from a guy that you have no idea what you're going to get from. That's right. I so know, we don't know. I mean, do I think the defense is going to be really good again next year? Yeah, I think it's going to be really good, but it might not be quite as good. for what you Like, part of you says, well, they'll be healthier next year, so they'll be better. But you just, for whatever, the chemistry right now in this team is fantastic. And I agree. maybe it's going to be fantastic again next year. It might be, but you never know. I know. The new year, yeah, you yeah. never know. But but for all those that say, you know, we talk about chemistry. Yeah. If we're going to tout Stefanski, don't you have to trust him? Like, don't you have to think that, okay, he's shown you this year, I could do things with a lot of quarterbacks. Oh, no, I, there's complete trust. Like, so for me, I don't expect them to come back next year and fall all the way off. I expect him to still play at a high level because he's shown you consistently. It doesn't really matter what quarterback it is. Right. He, he, I can get it done. And, and there's a lot of coaches who get that cash shape. We talk about Mike Tomlin all the time. We talk about Harbaugh, how they just consistently, even on their the best years, they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a lot of things. They still manage a way to get it done. Maybe for us, we have that guy, Kevin Stefanski, well, and you got to give him the benefit of the doubt going into the There is a little bit of that. sample size to work with here, though, because after the 11-5 and five playoff season in 20, mm-hmm. and we thought then, you know, if any, we were talking, well, they're going to be a, you know, a, right. a, a AFC contender, if not the number two or three favorite, based on how they played Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they went all the way back to seven and nine. Now, granted, Baker was hurt, and the quarterback play was bad, but... Stefanski was still the guy running the offense and running the show, and they went from 11 to 7 in one season. It can happen, but right. I, I, to your point, I totally trust Stefanski. I want to ask you guys quickly, this is off topic, but I read about it this morning, and I really want to get your thoughts on it. There is a real rift going on with the New York Giants between Brian Dayball and Wink Martindale. In yeah. fact, when Dayball Why? fired <laughs> a set of brothers that were uh, Wink Martindale's right and left-hand man, on his defensive coaching staff that he brought with him from Baltimore. It was against Wink Martindale's suggestion. He did not want them fired. Dayball felt that there was a power struggle going on in the organization, and he felt like the three of them were trying to assert their power over Dayball. So Dayball fired the two brothers. Well, that didn't sit well with Wink Martindale. He said his piece in a private meeting. This is according to a report in New York. Pounded the table, got up left the room, slammed the door, flew back to his home in Sarasota, and the Giants haven't heard from him. I only bring that up because we know the draw and the mecca that New York is. I don't think there's going to be a huge 
market for Jim Schwartz as a head coach. He's not been connected to any teams. And, and I've talked to a couple of people, and again, we mentioned this on the show. Look at the hot names even now. They're yeah. young offensive minds. That's the yeah. du jour, you know, the coach du jour in the NFL right now. I'm asking you guys this because the P- the Giants have some pieces. Clearly, the, the defensive unit of the Giants was their strong point this year. I, I When I read that, I'm like, uh-oh. Martindale's going to walk, and Dayball is going to call yeah. Jim Schwartz to I'm be not, his defensive coordinator. I, I'm not worried about it at all. I don't You're know not. why he leave. No, I well, mean. Well, you would leave because it's Cleveland and New York. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know that football coaches care about that in terms, like, it's not like the Giants are going to pay him more. Jimmy Haslam's got a ton of money. He could pay him whatever the I hell don't, he wants. I think for him, it's not about pay. I think, yeah. for and, and you guys will understand this because we lived it in Cleveland with yeah. Greg Williams. Oftentimes, coordinators will move to jobs where they think the coach there is on his last leg. Yeah, I, because then the ascension is, it's a natural progression, particularly if that move happens in season. And Brian Dayball is on his last bit of oxygen in New York. Yeah. They're not going to fire him this offseason, but I'm told he's dangling by a thread. So if I'm Jim Schwartz, I know the Browns aren't, I, Kevin Stefanski is not dangling by a thread. No, the, I hear you. But Dayball is, and yeah. that would be an easy progression what, for what, him to do, become a head coach If again. you're Jim Schwartz, do you want to be a defensive-minded defensive coach in New York uh, without a quarterback, ask Robert, uh, ask Salo about that. No, he wants to be a head coach. That's <laughs> but but I'm just wants. saying, if he is yeah, to the head coach, I, I get what they you're saying. Have a, have a quarterback I didn't in think New York. about it from that angle. It's a good point, but I, I think ultimately, I don't know that he, is he after Wink Martindale, or very well respected DC, is bumping heads with the coach. Does he want to deal with that nonsense at this point? No, he might have know. the same Again, problem. It, we don't know. I can't yeah. jump in his head, but right. I do know the motivation of coordinators yeah. is to ascend to be a head coach. Yeah. And I thought it was really telling last week when talking to the media that Jim Schwartz could have answered that question a million different ways. Yeah, he went the way he did because he wants his name out there. Sure. Now. I did some poking around. I'm sure you guys did as well. His name is not out there. Not there, out there On at all. all of the vacancies that are currently open in the NFL, his name is not being whispered no. about any of them. Not a lot of veteran so, coaches are at all, except for Harbaugh. At, at his age, yeah. there is a sense of urgency. If I'm going to do it again, it better be I in guess, the next yeah. year or two. I just feel like I can't worry about it. If it happens, no, it happens. I don't, but. I, listen, I don't want to sit here. I'm not biting my nails over it. You could hire Wink Martindale. You could. That's a, and you know what? I think that might be a swap that, you know, New let's York. Let's ask Leroy about it. What do you think? Yeah, let's bring in Leroy here real quick before we get to Leroy. If you are watching the chat, we appreciate you. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Completely free. It costs you $0, 0 cents, and helps UCSS reach the biggest audience possible. So do us a favor. Run up the like count. If you're not a member or a subscriber already, hit that subscribe button. It's completely free. We appreciate you guys. And with that, let's welcome in the national champ himself. That is Leroy Horde. Leroy, yeah, looking yeah. young again. Let's yeah, welcome in the I, alum I, of the national champion. Ty, Ty, yeah, Typus took a couple of days off. He ain't wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Typus been hot lately, Leroy. He been, he been, yeah, he been yeah, spicy. Hey, congratulations, though. Congratulations, well, man. Well, I tell you what. Even for me, I'm not like I talk trash to Typus because he went to Ohio State. You know, but I'm not that. Um, I think my team's going to win because it's my team. But what they did the last three games of the season by far was impressive even to me. Last right? four games. Four, yeah. You you beat 
You go Ohio State, Iowa. Um, Iowa. You go Alabama, who's number four, and then you go Washington, and you dominated them. It wasn't like that Alabama game when the game started. You're like, oh boy, what is Alabama going to do, right? When that game started with Washington, and I tell you when I didn't have a worry in the world. When Michigan ran their first play, and that big offensive line walked up to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And they took the shot from behind, and I couldn't see no Washington defenders. Oh, my goodness. Because that offensive line was so massive. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Big boy football. And then to take it one step further. I don't know how people watch defense in college, but if you watch Michigan the last couple of weeks, that was a pro style of uh, defense. Yeah, well, with with their guy came with all the, the the disguises, with the yeah. guys walking up to the line of scrimmage and dropping out, with guys coming from multitude of areas, with guys running games up front. That was a professional schemed defense. Leroy, and it was fun to watch. Leroy, when when I saw it, I think this going to change. I, man, everybody be talking about these quarterbacks and throwing the ball everywhere. Listen, man, it's a universal law. If you got dudes in the trenches, there is nothing you can do about it. I played D-line, and I got up there. One year we played against Lawrence Maroney and Marion Barber at Minnesota. It was on ESPN. And all you Bobcats, and we had a home game against a Big Ten team. And guess what? They destroyed that tape, Leroy, because Marion Barber got about 150. Lawrence Maroney had 175. And all they was doing is climbing to the next level with guards and tackles. And my, our coach came in and said, listen, we're going to move on to Northern Illinois. Like, <laughs> we'll move on to Northern we get rid of But when you do that, when you got that, yeah. I don't care what you got. There, it's done data, done ski. It, it is. It is. And, and it, it's amazing how we talk about football in general at all levels. And it still boils down to that one basic concept, and every coach will tell you that. It's the point of attack. You win right. there, now, you have a chance uh, of winning everywhere. Now, my man my, my man, Jim Schwartz ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Listen, going comfort nowhere. me. Tell me why. Yeah. Here, here, here's why. Because you want a coach. First of all, there's only a handful of premium jobs. Um. There's one thing to be a head coach. There's another thing to be a successful head coach. Mm -hmm. Okay? You can go take a job and say, I was a head coach. But your ass ain't going to be there much longer. Right? Because if you don't have a quarterback, if you don't have the infrastructure, you're just bound for bad things to happen. This is what's happening to a lot of coaches. That's why what D'Amico Ryans is doing is so impressive. So very impressive. Because... Does anybody remember what Houston was two years ago? No. Yeah, trash. I do. I do. And he took that job with a rookie quarterback. I think it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the last time it happened was the 40s, where a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback went to the playoffs. You don't have to go back two years, Leroy. They sucked last year. Right. And so, from that standpoint, um... When you see these coaching jobs, I think right now all these coaches that that are looking for head coaching jobs are looking in one place, 
And that's the Los Angeles Chargers. Sure. Why would you want anywhere else? You got a quarterback. That that defense should not be that bad, right? With all the talent they got on that defense. And you got a quarterback. That should be appealing to anybody who wants to be a head coach. Hey, hey, Leroy, Um, as a Michigan fan, do you have a preference? What do you want to see happen with Harbaugh? And ultimately, if he does leave, is that where he's going? um, As the ultimate competitor, I would like him to stay and, and have people have to talk about him for an entire year and say, no matter what you did to me, no matter what you tried to do to us, we still persevere. And there's something to be said about that. You think he'll right? stay? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't be mad if he left. Like, I wouldn't be mad if he left because, right. you know what? He took some abuse the last few years. Mm-hmm. Right? Why wasn't he turning it around? So why wasn't it happening? And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. Right? Let's not act like Michigan won five national championships. The last national championship was 97, and the last outright one was 1948. So what we're talking about here, right, and turning this thing around was remarkable in itself, that he turned it around, got him to the playoff, what, three out of four years, right, and finally won a championship. That's turning around a university. That's turning around a program. Right. So right now, when the season starts, guess who you got to include in, in the hunt? Michigan. That's turning a, a, a university and a program around. So if he decides to um, to leave after, you know, just all of the nonsense that he had to go through, I wouldn't be mad at him. I, I get it. I get how if you just want to coach football, all the, 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 the minutia wears on you and you get tired of it, and you know that I'm not going to have all this nonsense at the next level, right? I get it. I mean, think about it. Like, of all the coaches in the world, of all the success that Michigan has not had in the last, what, since 97, right? And they asked that man to take a pay cut. How much you think that plays into it? let's, let's, Let's transition and get to these Browns. You being in the playoffs, uh, uh, you know, as as a player, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get the mindset and, and let everybody know what's the different mindset um, that you think the Browns have to have when they go from regular season to playoffs. Because one thing that we haven't talked about is yes, they have veterans, but they have not had uh, those veterans have had not had a lot of playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the people the difference in your mind state from regular season to postseason in terms of the players and the coaching staff and the way they approach the game? Well, you approach it this way. You have to be ready for anything because there's something to be said when everybody's back is against the wall. I don't care what your record is. I don't care what your seeding is. If you lose, you go home. So everybody's playing with that same pressure, right? It don't matter if you, you know, 13 and 4. It don't matter if you 12 and 5. It don't matter if you 9 and 8. Everybody goes home if you lose. So basically what you do is you concentrate on the little things. You make sure you're getting plenty of rest. You make sure you're getting your film study. And you need to know that I need to bring my best 
because I know this team I'm playing playing uh, this weekend got the same kind of pressure that we had. Now, here's the difference with Houston, right? Ignorance is bliss. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Them boys just playing football. They don't have the pressures that the Browns have on them. Because they wasn't even supposed to be here. Did anybody think the Houston Texans would be hosting the playoff game this year? No, no, right? absolutely not. But so you can, say, you can say the same thing about the Browns, though, too, right? They didn't no, expect to be here. The Browns are not hosting. Before, before, before the season started, the expectations were that the Browns would be a playoff team. Now, how they got oh, there, the fringe at least, right? How they got there is a bit unique and special, going through four quarterbacks. But the fact of the matter is, is the Browns, to some extent, or where everybody thought they would be, having a chance to play in the playoffs, right? So, but Houston, their coach can go in there and say, let's just do what we do. Now, the last time Cleveland played Houston was uh, Will Anderson did yep. not play, okay? C.J. Stroud did not play. Okay, so you are playing a different team. That team is totally different when C.J. Stroud is on the field, both offensively and defensively. They're just different. So I hope that going into this game, you just dismiss everything that you have seen the last time you played them and know that this is a playoff team. They're playing at home. They're fired up and they're young, and they might be so young that they don't play with the pressures that you playing with in this playoff game. They just out there freewheeling it. By the way, when Leroy earlier, I was looking something up on my phone because Leroy said something, and I was like, I thought Bernie did this. When you said that the Texans were the first team in forever to go to the playoffs with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, I was thinking – that Bernie did it with Marty Schottenheimer, but I forgot that Marty Schottenheimer took over in the middle of the 84 season. Yes. I had forgotten about that, but it was, it was, it was close. It was his first, it was full, his first season. full season and it was Bernie's right. rookie year. So, right. which, which is pretty impressive. Um, I believe that 85 Browns team won the division with an eight and eight record, right? I think it was yeah, a bad division that year, if I remember correctly. But, yeah. uh, but anyway, but that was close, but you're right. I mean, it, it, what, what the, D'Amico Ryans and Kevin Stefanski are one A, one B for Coach of the Year. I, I I don't think there's yeah, I don't think there's any yeah. doubt about it for I, di- for I, different re- for different reasons though for yeah. different reasons. Yes. I think the way D'Amico Ryans has rallied those tr- those young men and the way he has that quarterback playing and that defense that that is remarkable in his first year and what Kevin Stefanski has done. And remember, I've been saying this for the last couple of years. One of the things you can't 
dispute about Kevin Stefanski. Whoever plays quarterback for the Cleveland Browns usually plays the best version of quarterback they've ever played. Except for Watson. He, he's well, he, 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 he's got to get a run. He's got to get some run, yeah. right? And that, and that's the only problem. Like yeah. you get five weeks out of him, and then he's hurt. He got hurt, right? He came back after not playing for two years. Like I think a full season of Deshaun Watson, we will see the best version of Deshaun Watson. And well, and, and guess special. what? Well, that's the whole. <laughs> if, if it but, is, but, but guess what? But guess what? But guess what? I have history on my side, so everybody can say what they want. But I got the man who has done it to a number of quarterbacks. Yep. Can't lie about that. I mean, I, hell, even Joe Flacco. Uh, right. Leroy, right now, obviously, it, it, we're talking, you'd certainly want C.J. Stroud rather than Joe Flacco going forward. But right now for this game, if you consider, as great as C.J. Stroud's been, we all argued that I'd rather have Joe Flacco right now because playoff experience versus a rookie, even though the rookie's been abs- as one of the best rookies we've ever seen. Am I hey. crazy, or would you rather yeah. have uh, uh, Stroud right now? First of all, experience is overrated. Okay. Right? Wow. Because Rookie quarterbacks have when, a bad when, record in when, the playoffs. When, wait. When that game starts, yeah. right, here's what being a veteran does. When the game starts, you can settle down and play it just as a football game. You take away all the, the ancillary Things going on about the game. Oh, this is a playoff game. This is the biggest game in my career. This is the best. You you eliminate all that because once the game starts, you're just playing football. Younger players tend to make the circumstances surrounding the game more important than the game. And that's the only thing I'll say about that. But if you're a young player or you've never been in the playoffs and you get into the flow of the game, and you just play football, then it, it it doesn't matter. Your talent, your talent will show. Now, I would say this about CJ Stroud, and here's the only reason why I would say I take CJ Stroud. You see that third number? Yeah, that's, that's it. Impressive. That's it. That is because it. because because I would say this: the downfall of the Cleveland Browns is going to be the fact that they led the league in turnovers. At some point, you're saying it, that's going to be a fatal flaw. <laughs> Likely. And, 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 yeah. and I don't – and, and, and the, here, here's the thing. I don't know when it's going to happen, but here's where you look at the numbers and say, okay, what has to change for the Cleveland Browns to make a run? You're absolutely right. And, and, and I would say that one thing. I don't care about the rushing yards. I don't care about the throwing yards. But if you have that defense – and you don't turn the ball over and give the other team a short field, you got a chance to beat any team in the NFL. And guess what? There's only one team that beat the number one seed in the NFC and the number one seed in the AFC. You're right. There's only that. one team. That's right. Only one team. True. So, so while everybody's talking about how they're going to do this, how they're going to do that, and, and whatever, I'm not going to dismiss that. I'm not going to dismiss the fact that busted up, injured, quarterback, whatever. They beat the number one seed on the, in the NFC and the number one seed in the AFC, which means every game that they go into, they got the belief that we can beat anybody in the <laughs> NFL. 
Now, the Ravens could say the same thing. They can't play themselves, so they beat the Niners, and they beat the Browns also, so they, they could say the same okay. thing as the Browns. Sure, but, sure. But, but, Leroy, I'm curious. You know, obvi- obviously you didn't make the playoffs as a rookie, but you I, I think it was, your, what, your fourth, fifth year in the league when you made the playoffs? Go ahead. If you would have flipped our record, I would have made it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys are terrible at it. Hey, boy, this is no lie. Yeah. I lost more games my rookie year in the NFL than I lost in high school and college put together. Mm. Oh, my God. That has to be tough to take. How do you – well, so two questions. One, how do you motivate yourself in that situation, especially late in the year? And number two, when you did get to the playoffs, I think it was in your fourth, fifth year. After that, you kind of went consistently to the playoffs between the, you know, with the Browns and then eventually Minnesota. But um, mm-hmm. uh, what was that first experience like? I mean, it's different. He's a rookie. You're not. You weren't a rookie. But so, give us both those things if you can. The excitement, yeah, because we had a home game. They did the seedings differently. The excitement of going to the stadium, like you. Like, Bush, you know that feeling. Mm. You know that special game, and you get to the stadium, you get all tingly, You'll and never, you fired up, and you still got two hours before game time. Leroy, and you got to like could, if they could bottle that up and sell it over the counter, we'd be all at it. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm telling you, there is like no it. better feeling in the world to play in an environment like that. To, to you say it's better game. than sex, Leroy. Is that what you're saying? No. Hell. <laughs> oh, I thought you said there's no better feeling. <laughs> you said there's no better feeling. I mean, that would include <laughs> sex. <laughs> there's, no, there's no better feeling outside my bedroom. Well <laughs> <laughs> like, said. Like, we ain't talking about eating pie. What you talking about, dude? We, we talking about... We, talk, we talking about... No... <laughs> This is what I get. This is what I get. I, 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 there, damn it. I actually meant pie. This is this, I know. Y'all y'all out of pocket, both of y'all. Uh, All right. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 why y'all gotta go but but I'm telling you and, and here's the other thing. Because we're in junior here's high. Here's what you right, have to go there. Five year olds. When you when you when you come when you go to a game, right? A playoff game, first of all, you're the only show on TV. So the camera crews, the media, yeah. the everything is ramped up. It is packed. The the fans are crazy. They come tailgate an extra hour early, right? It is it is it is so much fun, right? To to be able to win a game at home too. Oh my goodness! It, hey, Leroy, it was unbelievable. Uh, yesterday we debated, and I I. I tend to think that it does make a difference. Bull was like, I don't think it does. Uh, I wonder where you are because you've experienced it. <clears throat> I feel like because C.J. Stroud played at a Blue Blood University where he was a part of massive games with ha- that had 100,000 people in the stands. He played mm-hmm. in the national championship game against Georgia, 23 of 34, 384 throwing, four touchdowns, no picks. I feel like he can take something from those experiences and bring them into this stage. Is can he? <coughs> yes. Here, here, here's what he can bring. <clears throat> that dude is cool, uh, as my man would say, cool as the other side of the pillow. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And that team follows him. Like and when you have a quarterback that is that calm and that cool and and that focused, right, that, that carries on to the rest of the team. Yeah. He ain't scared of the Cleveland Browns. He ain't scared of the, the, the moment. You know, I used to I used to golf with guys, and, and uh, I remember one time they said, ooh, this putt is to win the match. And I'm like, when I was 18 years old, I played football in front of 105,000 people. <laughs> you three guys ain't going to bother me. I love that. I love you see that. what I'm saying? Yes. So I think it does to that to, to that extent. For, for example, I would have more of a problem if Josh Allen, who came from what, Wyoming? Right. And then his first time in the playoffs, he had to play in front of 80,000 people. Well, to that he ain't point, never seen that many people. And to that point, Joe Flacco played at Delaware, and we went through his playoff uh, resume yesterday, and it right. wasn't until his sixth game where he had right. any kind of success. Right. So, so that that plays that plays a part in it. When you playing in front of crickets, and then you get in, uh, get in a stadium with rabid fans, right? Think about this: a lot of these top. Uh, guys that play at these small schools, the away games aren't even packed. Sure. So you don't get the full, you know, the you know mm-hmm. the, how you could get going into Pittsburgh or somewhere like that. Right. So I do believe that because he played at Ohio State, he played at some of the on some of the biggest stages that college football had to offer. I do think. His mental state will be okay, but I think his overall mental state is just great with how he handles himself, with how calm. No, chaos could be going on around this man, and he's just like, ho-hum, let's go play some football. Those are the guys that worry me more than anything because you can't break them. You can't break him. They're not going to break C.J. Stroud. Leroy, did you see his game-winning drive against Tampa Bay when he had 30-some seconds left or whatever after Baker? Yes. I mean, that was the moment for me where I said, okay, it's not a fluke, his success so far. This kid is going to be a superstar. And And, and the whole time he's like this. I know. Never broke a sweat. Like, just like, like, that, those, those are the individuals in sports that are the most terrifying. I wish right? he was ours. I really hey, do. He hasn't been hit in the mouth by the Browns defense yet. Thank Not you, yet. Thank you. Thank Not you. yet. Hey. Let's see. Thank you. Again. Thank you. Again. The only, hey, Leroy, the only, other, the only other elite defense he played was Baltimore week one, and he got smoked in that game. Well, now, that, that was the first week, that was still. Yeah, that was his welcome also, to the he's NFL. Also, he's, also, he's also a rookie. I hear you. Like, he's yeah. a rookie. I'm just saying, all, all, all we have right now with C.J. Stroud is what he's done. Right. right, that's it. And, Which is pile up wins against a lot of, of bad teams. Let's be honest. His short in his short stint as an NFL quarterback, he has shown extreme poise. Yes, mm-hmm. he has galvanized his team. He is the leader of that team. As CJ Stroud goes, so does that team, and that's not a bad spot for a quarterback to be in. So I'm not saying he can't get shook. I'm not saying that the Browns won't get to him. I do believe the Browns will win. But I'm just saying, that guy that shows very little emotion but carries a mean stick, those are the guys that scare me the most. Yeah. OH. Hey, congratulations, man. And we'll talk next week. All right, Leroy. All righty. Happy New Year. <laughs>
Damn. Happy New Year, guys. Same to you, Leroy. Uh, before we bring yeah. in our next guest, a quick reminder that tonight we have a behind the glass. It'll either be six or seven, not officially sure. We've been hammering home the time. But tonight, me, Earl, Anthony, potentially a very special guest, so stay tuned for that. That is coming up tonight. Potentially a very special guest. Potentially a very, very special guest. Yes, I don't wow. want to say it because every time we say a guest is coming, it jinxes. It doesn't work. Yeah, out. So I know Potentially a very special guest. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.